Welcome to the Being a Ninja podcast, where we share secrets on health, wealth, and being kick-ass. I'm your host, Joe Sheng, aka Joe Fight, founder and CEO of Fight Fitness, where we help people burn fat, tone up, and learn to kick butt. My special guest today is Dennis Chen, Coach Dennis Chen. He is a Fight Fit coach, and in today's episode, we get to learn about how his friend's injury actually led him down the path of physio, physio or rehab. Um, and chiropractic. So one person's misfortune led to his career choice. We also get to learn about how doing our Fight Fit internship actually helped develop a lot of confidence in him to speak publicly and work with adults. We also get to answer questions from our ninjas, like how to build the chest muscle. We get to really deep into the anatomy side of things and ways to do that. We also talk about what to do when you're struggling with a diet. Enjoy, guys. All right, guys. Welcome to another show. I have a special guest with me today. It is Dennis Chen, Coach Dennis Chen. He is a coach here at Fight Fit um, and really... He works with anyone willing to put in an effort to improve themselves. All right. He hopes to help by creating innovative exercise programs that are fun and challenging. And he hopes to utilize his kinesiology background to provide advice regarding postural mobility issues that affect the general population. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology with a minor in Rehab Sciences from the University of, West, University of Waterloo. And he's currently studying to be a chiropractor at the Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College, just right, not too far from us here in Toronto. Uh, he used to, he hopes to use what he will learn in his future studies to get, educate others and to treat as many people as he can. Dennis, welcome to the show. Hi, it's uh, it's good to be here. Awesome. All right, Dennis, I want to take it back. What got you into fitness? Uh, oh man, that's a question. Uh, growing up, I've always been into sports. Um, just a really active kid and uh, love to try anything new. Um, I grew up playing a little bit of soccer and then um, eventually uh, all my friends introduced me to like a bunch of different sports like basketball, volleyball, uh, track and field. And um, I joined a bunch of sports teams throughout high school. And um, yeah, that just got me into being physically active. Um, eventually when it transitioned into uh, university and moving away from home, uh, everyone automatically started to work out and that got me into, I guess, pursuing fitness, getting more interested in that, um, working out on my own time, just exercising, doing a lot of, uh, like organized sports, intramurals in university. And from that point on, it just, yeah, I just became immersed in the whole world of fitness and I wanted to learn and pursue how to get stronger and, um, just can work on conditioning myself to play, get stronger and overall for like sports and intramurals and what have you. Got it. So you're a fellow kinesiology student like myself. I guess it's like one of those things that you love sports. So why not learn more about it? Is that why you took kinesiology? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a pretty good story behind it. 
Uh, what actually got me into the whole kinesiology and I guess the field of rehabilitation was um, a story with my friend back in high school. Uh, we were both in a, I guess you could say, uh, a sports class that focused mainly on basketball. And there was one day where we were all in a scrimmage and just playing a regular pickup game. Um, he managed to get a steal and he was on a breakaway. Um, funny thing is like everyone was cheering him and like, like, oh man, you got this, like you're going to get the layup and he was running so quick. And um, I guess the momentum of him making it, going up for the layup was a bit too much. And as he landed on the ground, he ran into the wall and he kind of uh, he hit his arm at a weird angle and he actually dislocated his elbow. I'm not going to drop names, but <laughs> he knows who he is. Um, and yeah, it was quite shocking to everyone. And I remember the week, the coming weeks after he got injured, um, he was ta uh, talking to me about where he went to, uh, like a physio clinic. And he was talking to me about like these people that work with, um, that specialize with working with people that get like injuries and stuff and helping them recover. Um, they have experience like working with athletes with different populations. And um, he was telling me they were called physiotherapists. And, um, and from someone from high school who loves sports and stuff, and just hearing about like a profession that worked with athletes that um, helped them get better and recover from injuries that was completely up my alley. So um, from that, what he told me that kind of got me and pushed me towards like, uh, I guess, an interest towards rehabilitation. Uh, incidentally, you can't just jump into like physio right away. So Cairo is the, I guess the entry level uh, program to progress into that area of rehabilitation. So yeah, I pursued uh, kinesiology after that. And that, that was the beginning. Nice. So your friend's injury, his, his, uh, his misfortune led to your, <laughs> your, your, <laughs> your direction into your profession of choice. So you knew going into kinesiology, you wanted to do go into rehab. Uh, yeah, uh, like immediately right away, it was it was what spoke to me and uh, what attracted me most and like the whole like, I guess, uh, realm of kinesiology and where it would lead to it. I just, I enjoyed the concept of being able to help people get better uh, through rehabilitation, uh, whether it be like what kind of like treatments or modalities were offered or um exercises i thought that was a mm -hmm. like a lovely concept to be able to pair like um treating someone and teaching them exercises and hopefully those two together will uh aid in their recovery very cool because and now now let's talk about this picking you know you're doing kinesiology and then you're about to you have to go into a, a post uh, post-grad program why chiropractic versus like physio school or something else uh yeah, um, Cairo was incidentally not my first choice, I'd say. Um, what actually drawn me to chiropractics was uh, through a personal experience of mine. Um, in university, I w went to Waterloo, as I mentioned before, uh, and I was in the co-op program. Luckily enough, my first work placement was actually in a chiropractic clinic. And during that time, I actually had no experience with uh, chiropractics at all. All I knew was like what from uh, all my volunteer experiences from physios telling me, oh, they, they crack backs and um, that's what they were known for. And yeah, I had no idea um, until I went to my first uh, 
I guess, week of volunteer or uh, at my placement. Um, during that time, I actually had back pain or upper back pain. Um, and it was this pain that shot from the uh, left side of my upper back all the way to the front of my chest. Um, and I had it about uh, a year. And this was, I concluded myself uh, that this was from, I think, working out in, uh, incorrectly. I think like once you s first go into university, everyone starts working out. So you automatically start working out um, because uh, I just started working on university. I didn't have any correct form and no one was telling me otherwise on how to properly work out. So that might have irritated something. Um, mm. Anyway, uh, yeah, there was this pain that was happening in my upper back that went to my chest. Um, and then I told my, uh, the Cairo that worked there one day and he sat me down and did an assessment. He's like, all right, Dennis, like here, I'm going to, uh, do a little bit of adjustment and you tell me how you feel. And, um, he performed a, uh, rib adjustment because he concluded that I had like a rib dysfunction at the time that irritated a nerve nearby. And I've never had that pain since. And yeah, that pain was for about one year and it was any time that I kind of like hunched over or was like reaching over something. I'd feel the shooting pain from like the back of my chest, uh, like the, my back all the way to my chest. And yeah, yeah it was from that one experience that kind of just opened my eyes to what chiropractics had to offer. And how, how old were you then? You're probably in your early twenties, <laughs> right? I uh, think like 20, 20, 21 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So this just goes to show people listening that even the young people who are who are out there get issues when they aren't doing proper technique and form. And something like that led to a year of pain, which could have been avoided if they've gotten the proper technique and form. But, you know, when you're young, you, that's how you learn. Right. And actually, it's a good thing because you you got this injury. Somebody fixed it and inspired you to get into chiropractic. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it's a blessing in disguise is what I'd say. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So tell me, um, how did you get into, Oh, talk to me about fitness. How'd you get involved with us? <laughs> that, I don't think many people know this story. Uh, well, uh, story goes way back. I think, is it almost like more than a year now? I'd say, um, yeah. uh, I was still in university finishing up a, my last term and Incidentally, uh, I grew. I went to school growing up with uh, Joe's cousin. Um, yeah, and she. We were just discussing one day about like the future and like how uh, once we're done school, where we're gonna head uh, head off to. Um, and then she brought up the whole thing about um, my cousin Joe owns a gym and um, he regularly has like um, offers an internship for anyone uh, interested in like starting a career in fitness. Um, and from that point on, I was like, oh, I'm sold right away. I was, I was immediately going to jump into this. Um, so she uh, gave me Joe's contact information, uh, messaged Joe. Um, Joe reached out to me and we, we had a discussion about uh, coming in for an internship uh, in terms of learning from other coaches, uh, learning how to run classes, create my own programs, um, just to get a little a bit of a kickstart into the whole realm of fitness, which me, myself, uh, I had no, um, I guess, real experience in per se. Um, being in kinesi kinesiology, I had, I guess, uh, the background 
um, in terms of like anatomy, physiology, and like biomechanics. And I've done a bunch of courses about like exercise programming for, I guess, like a fitness population as well as uh, the general population as well. So I thought it was a good use of my <laughs> what I learned in school and a um, great way to gain experience. Dude, so I, so I gotta tell you, because I, I I did kin and I wasn't I wasn't in fitness like at the time when I was doing kin, because you're talking about theory and then you're talking about practical, two separate things. And I think oh, yeah. a lot of people think a lot of the guys in my my that were really smart anatomy, physiology, weren't they they were horrible trainers. <laughs> I gotta tell you, <laughs> the guys that I knew that were really good because I, I think they had a really good grasp of the theory, but they, they didn't realize how different it is when working with people and what the skills you need in order to to work with people so talk to me about that like getting into the fitness industry what was the what was the thing that was the biggest like aha moment or you know what let's start with this what was the most challenging thing about being in the fitness industry uh for yourself for myself um i think it was just trying to uh speak in front of others i think that was something i wasn't used to um like being able to properly uh, project my voice and just like confidently um say what i need to say in front of like a big group of people um i was quite familiar with working with kids uh growing up and through uni and through my work placement i've done a couple placements that involved me um speaking in front of kids and teaching them how to exercise but when it came to starting off in the fitness industry, I was working with a more of a general population of adults. Um, and that was something that I was a little bit intimidated with and uh, a little bit, to be honest, I was scared at first, um, not used to speaking in front of uh, this many adults and trying to demonstrate uh, an exercise of like proper form and just trying to get my thoughts across was something uh, a little bit challenging at first. Um, given the amount uh like time afterwards and just yeah just having to go through it and um yeah, just yeah. speaking in front it's, of people it just uh, like well, it comes with practice right and after that sure. it just becomes like nature and yeah works out oh yeah so so if you found the most challenging thing was getting up in front of people and speaking confidently and you know what i find i find the people that have worked with kids not to say like working with adults very similar with working with kids i feel <laughs> at least because i've done both i've done both i actually find it easier to work with kids at sometimes because you could just kill them with enthusiasm but oh, with adults, like kids can shut off everything when when stuff is going on they could they could basically be focused but adults they got stuff in their head they got junk because they got they're thinking about stuff that they did with their kids they got work on their mind they have they have stressors they have all these things and you actually have to work harder to capture attention of adult clients oh definitely uh i mean in comparison to when i was working with kids i could just like raise my voice and use like kind of a more childish tone and kids will automatically listen to me and like their attention will be, Hey, there's coach Dennis. Um, but when it comes to working with adults, it's, it's a whole different thing. And I got to work a little bit harder just to get your attention and get you listening. And even in class, sometimes I'll maybe notice, uh, I'll lose a couple of, <laughs> couple of clients, but, um, you make do and it's a, it's a learning challenge yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. great. 
We don't have to call them out. We don't have to call them out, right? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. No. I, I, I threaten separating clients from time to time. I'm like, guys, I'm going to separate you guys if you guys don't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, whole separation thing. All right. So, so you've been in, been with us for, you know, I, I think you started your internship one summer, then you left for a summer, then you came back. Mm-hmm. So you've been with us for a full year. What do you think? What do you think has been, what is the best part of your job right now? Would you say? Uh, best part is, oh, that's, oops, uh, that's quite a question. Um, to be honest, it's just getting to interact with all the, the clients um, and to see them on a weekly basis and seeing familiar faces. Uh, it's, it's a break from what I'm usually used to in terms of, well, I'm also a student right now. So there's a little bit of a balance I have to keep between going to school and working. And yeah, the best part is just getting to, to see all the clients and see the progression as well. Seeing like we have a six week challenge and it's nice to meet uh, clients initially when they start off and then um, see their progression from like week one all the way to week six and how much they've changed and how much they've progressed in terms of losing weight and uh, getting stronger and uh, being confident overall in who they are as a person in terms of uh, like mental health as well as um, their physical appearance as well. And um, yeah, it's just nice to interact with the community. That's awesome. So I, I see us as like, you know, fitness coaches of such a, such a, we, a broad skill set that we have to encompass. We got to have the people skills. We have to have the knowledge, that scientific knowledge, the background on why we do things. And I think, I think, I think it's such a rewarding job because like you said, you get to see that progression. Like, like not many people have that close, like can, with their jobs, get to see that, transformation that that we see with a lot of clients and i think that's the one thing that keeps us going is that 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 transformation i almost think think of personal trainers like actually a lot of jobs a lot of therapists are like behavior change specialists we're good at changing people's behaviors and adjusting them all right so we got we got the thing about what you like about the best what do you like the worst (laughs) the worst um It's, uh, I'd say it's like the worst, but also the best thing, or it's good and bad at the same time. Um, these people know who know who they are, but in classes, it's uh, like when I'm demoing or when I'm trying to lead a class and actually run it. Uh, some of the, I guess, clients we've worked with uh, a little bit, they've been with us for a while. Um, we're more familiar, and like obviously, there's a camaraderie there, and um like people like to like we like to poke fun and there's also like a lot of inside jokes and stuff so one thing is that i don't like is when they i guess like it becomes too like uh like the clients are interacting with or like they're not focusing on the workout as much as they should and they're just kind of like having fun in class and goofing off and like don't get me wrong i like that um but at the same time you're here to work out kind of thing um and yeah, it just it can ends up distracting other people, uh, but at yeah. the same time, it's like I, I do enjoy that because it's 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 nice to see like everyone's having fun and everyone's like um, being friends with one another and like there's a relationship there and 
it's 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 good and bad um yeah 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 i got it i get it so you'd like to keep things light in the workouts and uh in a group workout but at the same time when you're here it means business i always make the joke that like hey when you're here you got to get to work outside there's coffee shops there's all that stuff to do after to socialize (laughs) before and after the workouts but um during the workout we got to get to work all right so let's talk about uh you're in cairo school now um you're in what second year is it uh i just finished first year second year so you got three more years to go in this program Mm -hmm. what do you see as your long-term goals oh man joe these questions Uh, getting deep here uh long-term goals um Personally, uh, I don't see myself just doing one thing in the future. Um, I think I've known this for quite a while. Like, uh, like I want to be doing multiple things. And um, for myself, I think uh, I get, if I'm doing one thing for too long, I get bored of it. Um, and I like the idea of being able to do uh, chiropractics. Uh, as like a like a, my main focus and career in the future, but I also really enjoy what I'm doing right now with uh, Fight Fitness, which is coaching others and creating these workout programs and um, helping people just uh, tra- transform and um, progress in their own like fitness um, lifestyle and um, yeah like i enjoy like having this kind of balance between the two and i want to be able to pursue this in the future and i think it's a it's a nice balance it's not just focusing on one thing and that goes with i guess like my uh like personal like i don't know if you'd say it's like a motto or like a uh sort of um I'll just say model for now, but I like having like mm-hmm. multiple things to balance with. It's just not one thing I'm Got focusing it. on. So, yeah. so what do you see? Like some type of multidisciplinary clinic? Is that what you're you're thinking? <laughs> in in the future, I I hope to be able to incorporate uh, like what I'm learning in Cairo and using that uh, the training aspects from what I get from working at Fight Fit into a whole like multidisciplinary rehabilitative uh approach to i guess helping people recover absolutely absolutely awesome awesome des i guess it's still early you're still just finishing first year of cairo you got three more years to go so lots of learning to do i want to i want to take this time to go into questions so if you have questions we are answering this live we got a few already questions from our clients um they're burning questions that they have posed uh first one is this one how do you build the chest muscle? How do you build the chest muscle? Dennis, I'll, I'll, you want to answer this one first or you want me to go first? Uh, how about uh, I'll let you go first. Let me, give me you some let me time. go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We get this question a lot. How do you build, you know, this question actually, when I think about how to build the chest muscle, it's like, how do you build any muscle? right? Any muscle needs to be built with progressive overload. That means you always increase the amount of weight sets, volume, whatever it is over an extended period of time. So if you want to build a particular muscle, say the chest, you need to be hitting, incorporating, um, you need to be increasing volume over time. That is the only sign, one of the best scientifically, uh, 
um, research way to increase muscle size. Okay, so doing things like increasing the weight is one way to increase volume. You can also increase the amount of repetitions. You can increase the amount of sets. You could play with the tempo. All different ways to um, increase intensity and volume over time. I see a lot of, uh, this is an interesting one, because I get this one about women too, with butt. Mm -hmm. How do I make the butt bigger? How do I attack the butt? <laughs> and then, you know, and I see all these Instagrammers, influencers, fitfluencers having these like side bridging exercises, these glute mm -hmm. bridging exercises. I, I mean, you'll feel the burn, but where's the progressive overload? Are things getting increasingly difficult to increase mm -hmm. size because the body's going to get used to it? So that's my, my, that's my answer to it. Progressive overload. That's how you, to build the chest or to build any muscle. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great answer. Um, progressive overload definitely is with any kind of um, uh, program that focuses on hypertrophy or increasing the, the size of the muscle. I also think a good thing to think about is the, the function of the muscle um, anatomically and uh, what movement the muscle is supposed to perform. So with the chest muscle in particular, um, there's a movement uh, chest muscle is supposed to do. It's like adduction. It's this movement of bringing the limb uh, closer towards the midline of your body. Um, so if you think about that, like what kind of exercise that focuses on uh, that kind of movement is, I guess pec flies would be uh, a good one, targets that motion. Um, as well as something to consider is the, I guess, the orientation of the muscle fibers as well. I'm, <laughs> I'm speaking of this in terms of like a chiropractor's perspective or like a chiropractor student's perspective. Um, but in terms of chest muscles, um, the way the fibers are orientated. Oh man, how do I do this on camera? Um, starts off in like your sternum or like your uh, chest bone or like the one right here. And it's fans out outward towards uh, your arm and attaches to the certain point. Um, so thinking about like certain movements that target the different areas or the regions of that muscles that are also important and applying the concept of uh, progressive overload is also important. Um, using specific movements, um, like we said before, pec flies for adduction. Um, but also, you'll notice um, people doing a lot of bench pressing as well. Uh, and that's a pushing motion, and that utilizes the uh, chest muscles as well. Uh, so in terms of, I guess, uh, answering that question, using a bit of Joe's uh, progressive overload, but also thinking intentionally of the movement of the muscle and targeting different areas of the muscle as well so different locations of the muscles so the upper uh, portion the middle and then the lower with different variations of where your arms are placed and how that movement applies um, will gradually get to a bigger chest muscle alternately that can apply yep. for any other muscle exactly love it good love these answers questions great questions all right next question is what foods should we avoid when <laughs> dieting what foods should we avoid higher i'll make this one simple Okay. The food that go over your calorie limit. All right. Cool. When you were dieting, and I'm not going to say like, you know, I, sometimes I don't like to use the word dieting so much. Um, I would like to say your nutrition plan. If your nutrition plan says that you need to be at a calorie deficit in order to lose weight, you need to avoid foods that do not go over that. So first and foremost, avoid foods that are high in calories. Simple. Um, if you, I, I talk about the nutritional priorities principles. First and foremost is calories. Second thing you got to look at is macronutrients. Those, the proteins, fats, and carbs. Because understanding that 
helps you do 80% of it. So if you know that if you're staying under your calorie limit and you're also within the proper macronutrient portions that you should be in, making sure you get enough protein, making sure you get it, actually you should have some carbs um, if you are working out to optimize performance. It's not necessary, carbs aren't necessary because a lot of people do well without it, but to optimize it is important. And also you do need fats. So really the foods, foods that you should avoid are the ones that are gonna go over your calorie limit. Dennis, what do you think about this question? Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, definitely, if we keep it uh, simple, obviously, um, not going over your calorie limit is <laughs> the easiest way, I think, to uh, when it comes to dieting and trying to lose weight. Um, also, thinking about the uh, the types of food you're eating. Sure, you can eat a certain amount of food that can be under your calorie limit, but if you're not thinking about the um, actual food itself in terms of the nutritional content behind it and you're just eating anything to fill up that calorie even if it's below your limit then um, it's going to impose certain effects uh, on your body's on your body that may be even um, may not even be beneficial to losing weight or I guess in dieting sense so obviously like I think reducing the amount of uh, the foods that cause um, like inflammation, anything processed has a lot of unnecessary chemicals within it. I feel like that is uh, something that's people mostly know, but um, yeah, like it's really easy to just go out and buy something from uh, any kind of restaurant or like fast food, just cause for convenience sake, and it could be cheap and it could fill you up. But in terms of the amount of uh, harsh chemicals in there, um, it can influence the physiology or, uh, like the biochemical um, processes that are occurring in your body and uh, getting, I guess, natural foods is probably the best uh, when it comes to dieting in terms of providing the amount of necessary uh, calories as well as the essential nutrients needed in order to properly maintain uh, bodily functions and even enhance the, uh, like your metabolism. Good answer, man. I, I, there's, there's this study that's been going around about like these days that it's people are gaining more weight than ever. Um, it's much harder for people to keep weight off, and I think a lot has to do with a lot of processed food out there. Like they put a ton of chemicals in there to better the taste, MSG, all these things that like kind of affect your hormones and affect the way your body senses food. That really affects our satiety, I think, um, and that's why people are gaining tons of weight. Man. So yeah, definitely a good answer. Stick to whole foods. Yeah. Um, I, if I could just touch on that really quick. Um, sure. Incidentally, like uh, I personally myself, I'm no nutritional expert um, and I'm learning a lot of uh, nutrition from school itself. Uh, but it's it was recently that I actually tried a more of a plant based diet um, in terms of just just to see what it's like. Um, uh, in like terms of losing weight and my overall energy levels. And I've noticed, uh, within like, I tried it for about like a month, I'd say, um, I lost weight pretty easily. Uh, I think it was for the challenge and I lost about five pounds. Um, nice. granted, like I didn't, like I was at around 160, I'd say, and I dropped to one. Or 165 and drop to 160, I'd, I'd say. Um, mm -hmm. But I did notice switching to plant-based and cutting out anything that was processed. Um, I had more energy. 
I felt less uh, lethargic throughout the day. I was able to focus in class. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, just my body felt cleaner overall. And after eating, uh, I didn't feel as, I guess, heavy or bloated. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and there's, I'm not like trying to push out like, oh, everyone should immediately start being plant-based or vegan or what have you. But um, I'd say like, do your research and understanding like the benefits when it comes to maybe reducing the um, amount of eat your, meat you're eating, um, as well mm -hmm. as reducing the amount of processed foods and switching to more of a natural diet, you'll notice the difference almost immediately. For sure. I, I, I like to just say, like, keep it simple, a simple, like almost one to two ingredient foods. Like that, okay. that does a lot for a lot of people. If you stick to like single ingredient foods, anything more than like five ingredients or 10 ingredients, something's up. And then the, so if you look at the nutrition label and all these crazy things, so let's go to the next question. Uh, I am struggling with the diet. What can I do? All right. This is a good one. First off, if you are struggling, I would identify where you are spending and where are you investing your time um and i would almost i would almost kind of look at your calendar and look at your day and do a little bit more pre-planning preparation is going to be super important when it comes to um setting up a diet per se that you want to make sure that you're planning in advance making sure your meals are planned in advance you know how many calories you take in in advance um, all those things would help when it comes to struggling with a diet or any, it's actually a, a lot of things that you've, uh, um, if you have, if you're struggling with something typically has to do with the planning side of things. That's what I would, I would look at first and foremost, um, making sure you're doing all that. Dennis, what do you think about this question? Yeah. Um, big part of it is the planning aspect of it. Um, once, if you have, are able to plan ahead of time and know what you're going to be, um, eating throughout the day or even throughout the week, then it makes it a lot easier in understanding how much you're supposed to be eating per meal per day and what kind of foods you're not supposed to be eating. And it keeps yourself a little bit more accountable. Um, uh, I've seen this, uh, quite a lot actually with the clients I worked with and, um, people struggling with diets and a lot of it may come to, um, your uh, working overtime, um, just don't have time or uh, to make your meals a ahead. And um, yeah, like life gets ahead and you might have kids or it could be, yeah, it could be due to kids, might be due to work or no energy at all at the end of the day. And maybe just ordering something is a lot more easier, but um, planning ahead, at, like at the very beginning of the week, I like to start off with, on like a Sunday and just meal prep for maybe not the whole week, but like at least like two or three days, just so um, I can get a little bit ahead. And at the end of those three days, I'll uh, plan again. Uh, so yeah. awesome. Fail to plan, plan to fail. Karen left a comment, I'm trying to go that way. Not so much meat. Awesome. Nuts and veg, she says. Nice. Job, Karen. All right, this is going to wrap it up. I always like to ask this question. You're on Being a Ninja. I always believe everybody's life is like a movie montage or training. Like you get beat up and you train to come back. Do you have a favorite? Let me ask you this question first. Do you have a favorite action or kung fu movie that you like watching? <laughs> uh, I grew up watching 
Oh, it's a classic. It's like Kung Fu Hustle. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> I guess not not like your regular like uh like Bruce Lee or Jet Li or Jackie Chan, but it's one that stuck with me since I was a kid. Um a lot of comedy in it. Uh just yeah, it was lighthearted and introduced like the whole world of martial arts to me. My dad introduced me when I was young and I still watch it to this day. I'd recommend to anyone if you want to laugh and um just want good times then that's the movie. Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. That's a yes, very lighthearted movie. Awesome Dennis, thanks you for being so, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your secrets on health, wealth and being kick but if people want to learn more about you, what's the best way to reach at you, get at you? Uh, yeah, you can reach me uh, on my Facebook or my Instagram. My Instagram is, tag is Denchen, D-N-N-C-H-E-N. Uh, you can also reach me on, at uh, FightFit, uh, dennis.fightfit at gmail.com. It's probably the easiest way to get in contact with me, and I'll do my best to respond immediately. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show, Dennis. Take care. Take care. Have a good one, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Being a Ninja show. If you enjoyed that, please share it, comment. It'd be much appreciated. Signing off. Sayonara.